North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's getting $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Dr. Low Radio, where you hear the very best in natural medicine. And for tonight, all about natural medicine with dogs and cats. You know me. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel. Thanks for listening to the show. This show is dedicated to the furry loves of our lives. I am a crazy dog lover. When I'm walking down the street and there's a person walking towards me with their dog, I usually just fall to the ground and give their dog love and usually barely even notice the owner. So I'm I'm a crazy dog lover. My dog is sitting right here staring at me. And this is all about her, so I'm really excited. And I'm sure all you guys are crazy animal lovers as well. I know some of us even take better care of our animals than we do ourselves. So this is the show for you. But just to kind of get you got caught up, last week the show was all about healthy digestion. It's called Pooping 101. So it's kind of a humorous title, but we all do it. So if you want to have an amazing bowel movement, check out last week's show. I had Evelyn Lambert from Health Coach SD interviewing me because it's my favorite topic. So I figured who is better to talk about it than me. So that's last week's show. Of course, you can listen to any previous shows of Dr. Low Radio on the iTunes podcast directory. Um, just Check out when you go to the, the podcast directory, just type in Dr. Low Radio, and you'll find all the previous shows. I think I have like 52 shows now, so pretty good. Also, by the way, we have a giveaway that we never gave away the prize. Two weeks ago, I had uh, Kristen Fly, or excuse me, Kristen Buchanan, she's married now. Uh, she came on the show and she's talking to us about GMOs, and she said for uh, any of the Dr. Low listeners, if you write on her wall on the Good Anya wall on Facebook, that I love Dr. Lowe, you get a free box of Good Anya bars. That's a pretty good deal. We sell out of those like crazy at the clinic, and I think people probably thought someone else already won, so no one actually did. So go to Facebook.com, type in Good Anya bar, and write, I love Dr. Lowe, and you will get a free box of Good Anya bars, and they are pretty addicting. Uh, let's see, what else? Facebook.com slash Dr. Lowe Noel. That's my Facebook page. Facebook, or excuse me, Twitter.com slash Dr. Lauren Noel. If you'd like to tweet some questions or write them on Facebook and we'll get your questions answered on the air. But of course, precedence goes to our ballsy callers, 818-495-6919 if you'd like to ask a question. So all about our guest tonight, this is an author of the book, Natural Nutrition for Dogs and Cats. I first came across this book when I was sitting in the waiting room of a, of a veterinary clinic years and years and years ago when I was living in Portland, Oregon, and I caught it caught my eye and I bought it after that and I, it's been one of my favorite books on natural Pet care. So I was excited to get the author on the show. She gladly accepted the invitation. So I'm really excited to have her. It's Kimothy Schultz. She's on the show tonight. So this is all about her bio here. So after recovering from a crippling illness through improved nutrition, Kimothy Schultz began a journey of intense study in species-appropriate nutrition and holistic modalities. Now almost two decades later, as a clinical nutritionist and animal health instructor, she's considered a trailblazer in the field of human, dog, and cat nutrition, and her recommendations are endorsed by health professionals worldwide. Kimothy is the author of the internationally best-selling books, Natural Nutrition for Dogs and Cats, The Ultimate Diet, The Natural Nutrition No Cookbook, Delicious Food for You and Your Pets, and her new book, Natural Nutrition for Cats, The Path to Perfect Health. 
She teaches classes in nutrition for humans, dogs, and cats, and has helped thousands of people and their animal friends live healthier, happier lives. And you can learn more about her at kimothy.com. That's a very creative spelling. It's K-Y-M-Y-T-H-Y.com. Kimothy, thanks so much for being on the show. Welcome to Dr. Lou Radio. Hi, now very nice to be here. And I guess that bio was a little old. I'm feeling ancient. It's been three decades now. <laughs> wow, all right. But I, I, well I love it. I could, I could tell that we're going to get along great because I love talking about poop too. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you love dogs and cats, I guess you have to talk about poop a little bit, right? <laughs> you have to, yep. And I, I'm thrilled that you found my first book in a vet clinic. That's excellent. Pretty impressive, right? Why well, I, I was very selective about the vets that I take my my dogs to. So it's all about you know any any vet that was into acupuncture or natural medicine, yeah. herbal medicine. You know if if I could look at their um, shelf and see which supplements they carried. You know if they had <laughs> good good companies. I kind of I'm I'm picky like that, you know. But I mean I figure you, you pay now or you pay the vet later. You know, exactly. so it's huge healthcare costs. So yeah, to me it's worth it. My dog eats. Very, very healthy. I actually use a lot of your principles from your book, even for my dog now, years and years later. So but let's backtrack a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your story. How did you get so into pet care? Well, it was a revelation of uh, the good that food could do, how important a correct diet was. Um, I had a lot of illness as a child and and young adult. Um, I have multiple sclerosis. Um, along with a lot, a lot of other issues that regular doctors, and I'm sure this is going to sound familiar, regular doctors just weren't working out for me. They weren't helping me. I had gotten to the point where I had had to quit working, and life was looking pretty bleak. Um, and then a friend said, why don't you go see my doctor? You know, he's really different. And, you know, you just thank the universe for sending things your way. And I decided, okay, I'm going to go see this one more doctor. And lo and behold, this doctor was different because he was actually interested in diet and nutrition. And it wasn't a radical approach. Well, maybe it was to most people. But really, he just hooked me up with how to eat a species-appropriate diet for humans. And when it changed my life, it rocked my world it took me from a wheelchair to walking. It took me from having a very bad case of fibrocystic breast disease. And within 10 days of changing my diet, all the lumps in my breast were gone and the pain was gone. And all I was doing was eating real, healthy food that humans are designed to eat. And so, of course, like you, you were saying you were a crazy dog person, crazy animal person, and that's me too. So, of course, I said, oh, my gosh, if food can affect my body like this, what can it do for my animals? And thus the tale begins. Wow, that's incredible. So, Kimothy, what kind of diet did you switch to to help this, these ailments that you had? Uh, a more species-appropriate diet for humans. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be really very simple, you know, good quality proteins. And, you know, no processed foods, good quality whole food proteins, um, uh, mostly above-ground vegetables, a little below-ground vegetables. Um, at first, I was just cutting way down on things like grains, and now I've cut them out completely and feel even better. But, you know, I, I don't do things like drink soda and, you know, that sort of thing. It, it's yeah. really 
you know, it's it's eating foods that you know. My whole thing in teaching people about animal health is what their animals' bodies were actually designed to eat, because then they can absorb the nutrients. They've got all the tools necessary to utilize that food to the best of their ability. And it was the same for me. He just taught me how to eat the foods that humans were designed physically to digest, utilize, and thrive on. Yeah. Well, we share a very similar philosophy on diet. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the paleo diet, which is exactly what you just described, right? The I wasn't going to bring diet, that up, but yep, evolution that's it. Diet. Yep. <laughs> well, I lecture yep. all around San Diego all about the paleo diet, and I've had you know Rob Wolf and Mark Sisson and a bunch of other people on the show to talk about paleo diet. But paleo diet for dogs, I mean, that's huge. That's that's exactly yep, that's basic, you know what you yep. advocate in your diet and your yep. book. Yeah. It's species appropriate, just like the paleo for us, species appropriate for them. It's you know it's it's really funny because. It, it tends to get complicated in some people's brains, but as you and I both know, it's incredibly simple. Yeah. You know, I know. I, it is fact, simple. One, one of the quotes that I just love, one of the uh, doctors that wrote uh, one of the forewords to my first book, I think he put it so simply and beautifully when he said, all you need to do is look at the digestive design of an organism to determine its appropriate diet. Mm-hmm. It's no more complicated than that. Yeah, Exactly. Wow, that's that's great. Well, I'm excited to jump into it. This is such a fun topic for me, and it was so nice preparing for the show because I didn't have to study a whole lot. I just go, well, this isn't my expertise. So this is pretty cool. I just get to let you kind of take it away. So, but I have some awesome <laughs> questions all lined up for you. But do you kind of know a little bit of the history of how? I mean, this is something that somebody brought up to me today. How did we go from having, you know, running from dogs, thinking dogs, you know, wolves really, as going to be, you know, um, I guess more of a of a risk for us to actually them going out and getting the paper or me scratching on my dog's belly and her, her kicking her leg out. I mean, how does that happen? It's just, I mean, I know this is kind you of mean, getting... You mean how did the they hit. become domesticated? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, there's a lot of different theories about that, and there's even different theories put out about when that happened. You know, was it... They've battled over, you know, was it a hundred thousand years ago? Because they had guessed that it was more recent than that, and then some people are saying a hundred thousand years ago because back then, the you know, the bones and such that they're finding, it's very hard to tell what's wolf and what's dog, and when Mm -hmm. exactly did that transition take place? And you know, there's those two theories of thought that we sought out um, the company of wolves because, in actuality, they're they're very much like we are in their family dynamics. They have leaders and they have followers and they work together as a group to accomplish their goals. And so really we have a lot in common with them. And so who knows if it was humans that said, hmm, if I could get these wolves to work with me, my family would eat a lot better if I could have help with the hunt. Or if it was wolves that say, hmm, if I can figure out a way to work with these humans, i get a lot more food. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm glad yeah. they did. I, personally, between you and I and, and whoever's listening, I think that we are so darn fortunate that our dogs decided to take pity on us and become our friends. <laughs> my dog's looking at me. My dog's like, "What are you laughing at?" She's wagging her tail. Wagging tail. They know. They know everything. They, know. <laughs> they do. She has these human eyes. People go, "I think your dog knows something we don't know." 
<laughs> oh, I actually, Lauren, I think they know a lot that we don't know. Yeah, I, I, I sincerely, bet. you know, without without getting too spiritual here, I truly believe that dogs have so cats too, and and you know, really any any furry friend or feathered friend or whatever that you have. But you know, since we're kind of focusing on our dogs right now, they have so many lessons to teach us if we're just open enough to observe and learn and listen. I know for a fact. I am a better human today because of my dogs. Absolutely. Well, for one, unconditional love, right? I mean, I could do anything. Yes. She would just come up to me and just and love me. I could leave her for eight hours while I go to work, and she's come, you know, come on. She's like, "Hey, what's up?" No judgment. And I think, <laughs> and I think one of the the biggest lessons because humans, once we get out of childhood, we tend to find it very difficult to live in the moment. We're afraid or or anxious or concerned about our past, our future. We have such a hard time sometimes, most of the time, being in the now, and our dogs and cats are experts at that. And, and yeah. I, you know, I, they're such a great example. Little kids, you know, babies and little kids are like that too. And, and unfortunately, you know, we, we depart from that as we get older. And I'm so grateful that my dogs and, and my cats have taught me really that look how much joy you can get out of just being here now. Right, for sure. And it gets people talking to each other. That's one of the biggest things I noticed when I first got a dog. I'd take her for a walk, and all of a sudden I know I know my neighbors. You know? Isn't that great? Yeah. And and, yeah. and me having Newfoundlands, you can imagine the type of attention that we get. And, and I'll tell you, you know, when you're walking around a 160-pound dog who's a big mush pie, you attract a lot of attention. You know, some days you may be exhausted to say the same story over again. But the way I feel about it is exactly what you're saying, and that is it gives us humans a chance to be friendly to one another when we would have just walked on by. We get to interact. Um, you know, you'll probably find, like me, that people love to start telling you stories about dogs they used to have. And it makes it allows us to connect to one another where we wouldn't have otherwise. I mean, once again, bless them. Bless those animals. Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm giving her a hug right now. Thanks, Dinah. That's so wonderful. <laughs> so, and, all and right, you know, well, I, I, I want to mention one. I want to mention one other lesson, since you know, I, I love that you're bringing up, you know, the things that we can learn from our animal friends. Um, and this, this has, has taken me a few years of them pounding into my head to get. Um, but I found that you know, one of the most painful things that we crazy animal lovers experience is the loss of our animal yeah. friend. I mean, it's devastating. And each time I've been through it, I say to myself, I just can't do this again. I, I, I can't. I can't. And then, of course, again, I can't live without them either. Yeah. And the lessons that they have taught me about the the transition, as they prefer to call it, because it's not an end for them. They see it as a transition. It's not a big, scary thing. Um, they sometimes actually look forward to the end because they know they'll be free uh, of pain if they're in pain. And if you've ever witnessed a real transition of an animal leaving um, on their own, it's amazingly beautiful. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's made a huge impact on my on my life. I I would I would happily recommend to any of our listeners today that um, there's a group out there called Spirits in Transition, and it's a hospice information group about hospice care for animals. It changed my life. I really highly recommend wow. it. Okay, so it's something you can be involved with even if you don't have a dog, right? Absolutely. Dog. Okay. Yep. Yep. Cool. I love it. 
Awesome. Well, I love that food? you have so much expertise <laughs> in your, you know, being your own uh, dog owner. So let's just kind of get right into it. Of what, what do you feed your dog exactly? I know you, you said you have Newfoundlands. Those are huge dogs, right? <laughs> What's kind of yeah, your, I mean, I've, I've, your I've routine had other, I love all dogs. I, lo- I love all animals, basically. Um, you know, I, I love my cats. I love my dogs. Um, you know, I, I've had Newfies for about 30 years now. They seem to suit my personality. You know, very friendly, very mellow, easygoing kind of dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, certainly my students and clients that I've dealt with have every different kind of animal on the planet. And um, so right now I will tell you what my guys are going to get the minute we hang up because dinner time is at 7, and believe me, they're going to start jumping on me at 7 o'clock to tell me that, you know, they're starving to death. They're going to pass out. They're so hungry. Um, (laughs) Tonight for dinner I believe we have some turkey, and there'll probably be a little bit of – there'll there'll be turkey muscle meat and a little piece of liver in there too – and uh, I'll probably put in a spoon of um, some omega-3 oils. And um, I put a powdered supplement that I put together, which is simply, I rotate it around, but the one I have in the jar right now is kelp and spirulina, and I'll put a spoonful of that in there. And I believe the bones I have tonight will be some chicken necks. I might have some turkey necks too. And wow. what's really what's really great to know is, and, and especially because that will all be raw, um, it will have all all the nutrients that we could possibly provide to our animal friends. And what's great is because it's not isolated or synthetic nutrients that we would get out of a bag or a can or a bottle. It comes with all the synergistic nutrients that all the nutrients need to really work at their best. And so it's coming from real whole food and it's the kind of food that their bodies will know what to do with. It'll ha- it'll come with enzymes to take the burden off their bodies of having to produce extra enzymes like it does with dead food. And um, it makes my body, their bodies just sing. Which makes your body sing, right? You betcha. You get that. Yep. There's, no, <laughs> there's nothing better than seeing your animals enjoy the food you're giving them and um, and see how healthy and happy. You know, it was a real switch. When I switched my guys over about 30 years ago to this sort of diet, it, it amazed me that I, I realized that I had kind of followed the company line that we had gotten used to of certain health issues being normal in animals. You know, parasite problems and hot spots and scratching and ear infections and urinary infections, you know, have gotten to be so popular, so prevalent, that it's almost as if people and vets are starting to think that that's just normal. And, of course, you and I know it is so not normal. Because once I switched my animals over to a species-appropriate diet, all those issues just disappeared. And I was paying the most money for the best most, you know, expensive, best diet I thought I could be buying in that, you know, that big bag of food and doing everything, like adding lots of supplements and all that kind of stuff. And when I started feeding them a species-appropriate diet of real, raw foods, wow, what a mm-hmm. – it was night and day. It was like I had experienced with my own health um, in changing the way that I was eating, night and day. I mean, all those issues that people were just accepting as normal went away. When I got together with my doggy friends for walks or something, they would all start complaining about how bad the fleas were this year and, oh, mine's got a hot spot and can't get rid of that ear infection. And it was like, I'm not experiencing those things anymore. My dogs and cats are thriving. 
And, of course, that makes you feel so good. And like you mentioned earlier, I love the fact that I didn't have to pay more vet bills. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. I uh, went to the freezer to grab what I feed my dog because I feed her raw food too. But I'm super busy, so I don't – I used to make her food from scratch at home once a month or every couple weeks and then freeze it. But it's like – I just don't do it. So I've been buying her some stuff to keep in the freezer, which I thought the night before. So the ingredients are lamb hearts, lamb liver, grand lamb bones, organic kale, carrots, yams, broccoli, apples, cranberries, blueberries, pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, trace smells, and a bunch of herbs. And I love that. And she loves it. She cannot eat it fast enough. And it's the only thing she's really, besides my own cooking, that she's really liked. And I've tried so many different kinds. Yeah. Yeah, it's all raw. That's what I love about it, too. Do you want me to comment on that food that yeah, you just read all the ingredients of? Please comment on it. Is it not a, I didn't it know if you good? wanted me to or not. <laughs> of okay, course, I'm all, I'm, I'm all for doing I, – I am very pro do the best you can. You know, yeah. I mean, we, we all we all have different things going on in our lives. It's nice that there's the pre-made stuff out there. You know, it's a good in-between. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the the thing that I, that I see sometimes cropping up with – and this isn't to say all animals would have these issues because they're as an individual person as we are. Um, the thing that I see in some of the pre-made diets these days is because humans often think more is better, that there's actually a lot of stuff in there that sometimes is not really necessary. Dogs and cats don't really need a lot of vegetation because their whole digestive system from beginning to out the other end is not designed um, to really utilize a lot of produce, a lot of you know vegetables and, and fruits. And, and I don't like mixing fruits with things like meat because, as we know, fruit can go with, through you pretty darn quickly. Oh, um, sort of a and, combining kind of thing. Yes, and, and fruit, of course, is, is high in natural sugars and such. And so the little bit of fruit that I do give my guys, I like to separate out from the rest of their meal. And mm-hmm. um, and the other thing that is it's sort of a new thing um, that we're finding and that I recommend if, if people really can't do a homemade, and I, that's my first choice is homemade, but if you're going to go to one, I mean, I'm glad there's alternatives, definitely. So if, mm-hmm. if you... You know, if you if you absolutely can't do homemade, which I feel is best, the next best, you know, is is what you're doing. So, but you know, you still have to be a, a good consumer. Like I'm, you know, I've, I know that you look for the best one. So, um, what is kind of a new thing happening right now? Because these pre-mades have gotten very popular, and so they've kind of taken a change. And that, unfortunately, they don't have to disclose. There's a lot of things that pet foods, as we know, don't have to disclose on their labels. And one of the things they're doing a lot now is they're actually applying um, procedures that are like pasteurization and some high heat processing to the raw diets that are pre-made, but they don't have to tell you that. So mm-hmm. I always I always advise people that when you find one of these pre-mades, if you can't do it yourself, which you have better control over, if you can't do it yourself, then grill these people. I mean, that's what they're there for. They they should be telling you absolutely everything. So if you're not satisfied with, you know, what you're seeing on the label or there's any questions that you have, hey, they should have no problem taking your call and telling you exactly what you need to know. So I I really recommend that you do that. Is there a brand that you really like that you trust? 
not of a pre-made. I, I uh-huh. you know, for for me, there's not one that you know. If you could say what's the best pre-made out there, I can't really tell you that. All I can do is educate you for the right ingredients to look for, and some mm-hmm. of the other things that I've been mentioning. And then it's you know because honestly, I do feel that homemade is best. So if right. you're going to find a pre-made then the best I can do for you, because there's so many out there, and it seems, Lauren, like there's a new one every day coming out. It's like yeah. I go into, you know, one of these natural pet stores, and it's like, wow, whole new, you know, whole new products of these things that I've never seen before. It's almost weekly there's a new one. And so to keep you abreast of, you know, the new ones that are coming out, I couldn't possibly keep up on the rate they're coming out. So the best I can do is to provide you with information on what's best for your animals, and then that makes you a smart consumer. Right, right. Yep, I'm always telling patients to read the label, so got to be applying the same thing to all those uh, pet owners out there. Yep. Okay, cool. Awesome. So, yeah, if, uh, if she starts not digging this one, she finally it's the only one that she really loves. And well, she go, so go well, by the animal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, yeah, if she's totally. if she's in a, you know, and we all have different expectations for our animal friends. So if mm-hmm. she's meeting your needs health-wise, then you're happy with that. If right. if some kind of issue crops up, then you might want to re-examine it. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Cool. But, you know, we can, we can only do the best we can do. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And she's a happy dog. Um, one thing I thought was really cool about your book that was very uh, – different to me at the time as a concept was fasting for your animals. Can you kind of get into that a little bit? And what what are your recommendations on fasting? Um, you know, it's funny, Lauren, because fasting is probably the most difficult concept for people to handle when it comes to their mm-hmm. animal friends because, you know, they feel like, yeah, but I'm not good. Food is so tied into love. Right. And and that's great. I mean, I'm all about food and love, believe me. I'm right there. Um, but a lot of people have a tru- trouble with fasting because of that connection, for one thing. And it's like, well, I'm being mean to my animal if I fast them. But actually, you know, if you consider your animal's roots, uh, they come from animals that – and especially dogs, especially dogs – um, coming from wolves, and of course we know now that there's you know only a slight percentage difference in their DNA. They basically are domesticated wolves, and cats have been domesticated for such a short period of time. It's really incredible that they are, have been domesticated for so so few amount of time of, of years um, that um, really you know it, the best we can do is is go back and look at what their bodies were designed to do and what would be normal for them. And especially for the dogs, when you think about it, wolves don't get lucky every day. Um, There are times when they will fast um, because they didn't catch something or because you might even notice our domesticated friends sometimes fast themselves when they aren't feeling well. And that's so all the energy that would be used up, you know, eating something can go to taking care of what else is going on in their body. That's one reason why many animals fast themselves. Um, And then us doing it, us making the decision to do it, um, is to give their body, kind of the same, giving their body a rest from all the energy that it takes in their body to digest food. It gives them a break. And it's interesting that along with exercise, fasting um, releases growth hormone within the body, which if people aren't familiar with that, when we say growth hormone, it's not necessarily something that makes a body grow 
but the growth hormone is what you know boosts your immune system and keeps everything fine tries to keep everything as fine tuned and as healthy as possible. Exercise does that, and fasting does that too mhm so so, how often would you say to do fasting for your dog or your cat? Um, basically once a week I give the dogs a one day fast and what I I want people to remember is that um, believe it or not your dog will get used to the idea because you know my dogs when they first start say I I have a new dog or something and, and they're getting used to that fast day oh they'll come up and say hey Hey, it's dinner time. Hey, hey. But I I actually now, you know they have such a big vocabulary. You know, I can say, it's fast day. And and you can see the recognition in their voice, and they go, all right, and walk away. Um, But but what I do think is important sometimes, um, and it will help you transition to it too if you're not used to it, is that feeding time is not only a time when we give them food, we give them a lot of attention, you know, I mean, yeah. it's it's a bonding time when, when we're feeding them. And so you might want to use that fast day instead of just like, nope, you're not eating, you know, that's it. Well, you might use that time when they would normally be eating their meal to give them a good brushing, some grooming, um, you know, uh, do something else with them so that they're still getting that time of bonding that they're used to. And also mm-hmm. sometimes it makes you feel a little bit better too if you're not used to the concept. <laughs> Now, with cats, cats shouldn't go for very long without eating um, unless, I mean, I I do know that you can do a medical fast with a cat, but that should be with the help of somebody that knows what they're doing. But you can, you know, say you're feeding your cat twice a day, you could skip one meal, and that would be a nice fast for a cat. Whereas, you know, with a dog, you can do, you know, if you're feeding twice a day, you can skip both of those meals. Mm Mm-hmm. So Dinah, I feed her one time per day. Is that okay? I do, I mean, I do too. Do well with yep. it? Okay. No, I, I I think that they I think they should be fed once a day. You know, unless yeah. there's some you know medical issue. I mean, things can all be always be changed for an individual if they have an individual problem. Mhm. Right. But yes, for you know for your for your you know your your basic animal friend, then I think once a day is very healthy. Once they're an adult, of course, the youngsters eat more often. Right. Um, now, but, unless um, you are Dinah's grandma, my mom will will keep the food out and she'll just eat all day long and then she'll get really fat. Besides, you know, besides getting fat, that's one of the worst things you can do for an animal is to leave food out all day. Even if they aren't eating, you basically trigger those um, those signals within their neural pathways that they should be getting ready to eat, even if they're not eating. Just having the food around all the time really exhausts the body. Right, right. Yeah, my dog is barking. Dennis says, that's right. <laughs> is she trying to get in on the conversation? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like, this is about me. Why am I not on the air? <laughs> so, so well, honey, of you're, you're part of it. Tell her she's part of it. <laughs> yeah, you're part of it, Dinah. So... Speaking about high-strung dogs, my dog can be very high-strung. I actually got her mixed. She's part um, Cavalier King Charles Span- Spaniel and Poodle, and I thought she was going to be really calm, and she's the complete opposite. So do you have any <laughs> tips on how to calm high-strung pets? Down? How old is she? She's four and a half. Okay, so she's, she's, she's not fairly she young. Used to be. She, she used to be a lot crazier. She's a lot more calm now. Well, I, I would need a lot more info about it. Um, my yeah. my. You know, I, I don't know about her and your lifestyle and all that. 
um, the majority of dogs need more exercise than we're giving them because we have really busy lives, really busy lives. Right. I understand. Believe me, I because re- I do too, really busy lives. But, you know, when you consider the dog's ancestry, oh, my gosh, were they animals. And yeah. and so now we've taken them into our homes, an entirely different thing. And a lot of people think that, oh, if I have a yard, you know, uh, or I, I take them on a walk, that that's enough. And usually it's not. I always say a tired dog is a happy dog. Yeah, right. Okay, that's a good, yeah, because I don't exercise her enough. I mean, I'll throw the ball around the house, but she probably needs a lot more than that. <laughs> well, you know, that's certainly a first place to try is to get her some more, you know, structured exercise and then, you know, anything that could be stimulating for her um could be helpful too. So, you know, if she's getting and I know you know about nutrition, so if there's anything that it would be giving her even a source of natural sugars, um, mm-hmm. you know, which you you know, there's a, a lot of different sources of natural sugars, you know, you can take a look at that. Um, also, and I don't know if you do much training with her, but mm-hmm. the energy it takes for a dog to focus, I mean, they love, they love learning, but it takes a lot of energy of focusing, and that can really be very gratifying them to them also and put them at a calmer level. Mm, okay, very cool. What about things like homeopathic remedies or flower essences or even any herbal treatments. Is there anything that you like from that? I mean, I've used, when I bring her into the clinic, I bring her to work on Fridays and just to kind of calm her down, I'll do some herbs with her and it seems to help. Um, oh, sure. Are there anything that you that you like specifically? Well, I, you know, everything you were saying to me was going check, 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 check. Yep, all good, mm-hmm. all good. <laughs> I mean, I, I keep I keep Rescue Remedy in my purse at all times. And if people don't know awesome. about Rescue Remedy, learn about it, my friends. <laughs> it's wonderful yeah. stuff. And of course, the the rule about Rescue Remedy that I always and for people that are listening that might not know, it's a flower. It's a combination of flower essences that are used to help soothe anxiety, stress, trauma a calming agent, and because of that, my rule with that is if you're in a situation where you feel your animal friend could benefit from Rescue Remedy, you give it to you first, then to your animal mm-hmm. friend. Because if if you're concerned about your animal enough to think that they need Rescue Remedy, then there's every chance that you're affecting them at least in a little bit with you being concerned about it also. Mm-hmm. So give it to yourself and then give it to your animal friend. Awesome. And these days they have the spray, which I find very, you know, it used to be just the drops. Um, and, of mm-hmm. course, drops, easy to put in their water, and drops are still great. But now they've come up with a spray that is equally wonderful. I had a great experience with Rescue Remedy. You know, you never know how soon or, you know, if a, a natural remedy is going to work at all. You know, it's always trial and error. But um, I've only had one dog ever that got very, very car sick when she was a youngster. And I had put some Rescue Remedy in a spray bottle and because mm-hmm. uh, the dilution really doesn't matter. There's no exact recipe or anything. That's the wonderful thing about homeopathics and flower essences. I, I put some in a spray bottle, and she she had gotten to the point um, that she didn't want to get into the car because she knew it made her feel bad. And I never imagined that it would have such a fast and lasting impact. One day I said, 
okay, I'm going to try what I think is just too simple to possibly work. I'm going to go for a car ride. I want to bring her. And I gave her directly some rescue remedy. And then before taking her outside, I went and I used my spray bottle that had mostly water and a few drops of rescue remedy, and I sprayed Mm -hmm. the inside of the car. And she'd gotten to the point where she didn't want to get in the car before this. So this one day I did that. We walked out to the car. She jumped right in, never had another problem with it. It was like, holy smokes. You know, I almost thought that was going to be just too simple. Couldn't possibly, you know, solve Mm -hmm. this problem, and bam, did. I love it when things work like that. (laughs) Me too. I use that in the IV room. We do a lot of IV treatments at the clinic, nutritional IVs, and I use that for when patients are really nervous, and it makes such a huge difference. They're just ready to go. They're like, okay, I'm not stressed anymore. Let's do this. Brilliant. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's so cool. Awesome. Okay, well, how about something that's really big here in San Diego are fleas? So you mentioned when there's a proper diet and they're eating sort of their ancestral diet, not so much of having an issue, but let's say once they do have fleas, anything that you have used or that you know of that is effective for flea treatment? Well, it's really interesting that you say that. I didn't know that you were in San Diego, and I'm a native San Diegan. I don't oh, nice. I don't live there I I don't live there now but I for the majority of my life um I was born and raised there and so I know about having animals in flea central <laughs> believe me Yeah um what I experienced I I will say that you know the the foundation for even issues like fleas which sometimes you don't connect to what your animals eating but first you start with the foundation or else it's like you're running in sand so first mm-hmm. you have to get your animal on a really good diet because parasites and I love parasite comes from uh, a old old greek word parasitos which means one that eats from the table of another which mm-hmm. puts it so perfectly right but parasites you know their their place in the on the planet is to prey upon the sick and the weak so if your animal is not as healthy as it can be, and that all stems from nutrition first, that's the foundation, that's where you build your house. And so if your animal is not at the healthiest place it can be, it's just you know like an open door for parasites to come on in and feed on me because I'm a weak link. And that's why people can actually have multiple animals within a household, and some animals are being severely affected by fleas, and some aren't. It's because those animals have different levels of health going on, and the yeah. fleas are more attracted to the ones that are the least healthy. Mm-hmm. So first, start with nutrition. And I, and I know because I, I grew up on the beach, too, before going inland in San Diego, that I know that even with natural nutrition, it can be very difficult to live on the beach and not pick up those sand fleas and such. They they yeah. certainly will diminish you know, on a, on a very, very good diet, um, if you need more than that, there are natural remedies that you can use because I certainly do not recommend the toxic chemicals um, that are becoming so commonplace. I mean, they scare the bejesus out of me because I know of too many really, really bad side effects. Think about it. If you're putting anything in or on your animal that is meant to kill something by toxic means, most of them are neurotoxins, how could that possibly be a good thing for your animal friend to have yeah, a neurotoxin placed on them? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they say, you know, these spot-on treatments don't come in contact with your hands when you put it on your dog's skin. Are you kidding me? No, no kidding. <laughs> if I'm yeah. not supposed to touch it but I'm putting it on my dog's skin, how can that be okay? <laughs> right. Um but there are better there are better there are better things to use. 
Um, and, you know, I, I'm really not one for pointing out different companies because I believe that there's many companies that offer good products. But I'll tell you, when I lived in San Diego on the beach, I absolutely fell in love with Flea Busters um, mm. as an environmental tool. And it's um, it's something, it's a powder that is actually super easy to put in the house. And by the time you're done with applying it, you're not going to have a house of powder because you actually brush it into the floors and under the bed. And it may take two applications. And I, I'm telling you, Laura, it, Lauren, it was like magic um, mm. for even bad beach fleas. And then on your animal... There are different products out there. Specific, I mean, go to a you know a, a health food store for animals, and you will find more natural products. One that is very popular these days with a lot of people is diatomaceous earth. It must be mm-hmm. food grade diatomaceous. Don't get the pool variety, the swimming pool variety, but mm-hmm. um, food grade diatomaceous earth. You know, basically, you probably know it's the exoskeletons of you know little teeny animals, but it looks like a fine white powder. But what it does is it actually dries out the shells of the fleas. It dries out their bodies and kills them. But Mm -hmm. it's non-toxic to our animal friends. In fact, it's interesting because livestock people um, have, you know, most of them have grown up adding diatomaceous earth to their animals' feed because not only is it very effective against worms and other parasites, but when the animal produces manure, it also helps keep um, the fly uh, population down too. Hmm. Really interesting. So if I take Dinah to the dog beach and then we're coming back to the apartment, I should just maybe put some flea busters on her just preventatively or some diatomaceous earth? The flea busters is an environmental tool. Um, The diatomaceous earth can be used topically on them. And and these times and, and, you know, these days people are so used to – uh, you know, we're finding out so many new things that are, are really old things that are very effective for our animal friends that I'm willing to bet, especially coming from San Diego, I know of, you know, there's such a, you're so fortunate there to have a, a large amount of of good kind of, you know, the health food stores for animals. And so these days you can walk into those places and you'll find diatomaceous earth that is all, you know, labeled and packaged with directions for how to use it on your animals. Mm. Okay. You're very you're very fortunate to be in a place that has all those kind of places. I moved out into, you know, the rural area where we don't have anything like that. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> <laughs> we can come visit. Bring your okay, dogs thanks. with you. <laughs> we'll have a pet party. <laughs> Great. Awesome. So I I know that a lot of us dog lovers and cat lovers, we sleep with our pets. What are your thoughts on sleeping with your animals? A lot of that is individual because okay. it, it, a lot of it depends on your animal's disposition. Um, certainly, I, I know that that's a really loving thing that we like to do, um, but sometimes it's um, giving them more hand than they should have because mm-hmm. it's sort of a sacred place. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's the human's den, and if there's any possibility that your animal could get too full of themselves, um, or or especially if your animal has any sort of territorial issues, has any mm. um, any issues with other animals, then it's going to mean a lot to that animal psychologically if you do not allow them to sleep in bed with you. Right. Because basically yeah. when you do that, you're saying in status you're equal to me. 
And mm-hmm. I believe fully, Lauren, that our animals are equal to us in importance on the planet and in deserving the same sort of respect and and treatment that we do. In that way, I believe they are totally equals to us in deserving of that. But I will say that when it comes to what they understand very well, they understand pack, you know, how how the pack goes. And and dogs are much much more content and happy when they know their place in the pack. You'll you'll have a very nervous dog that may act out in various ways, not so good. Um, when they don't know where they stand in the pack. And so sometimes not allowing them to sleep on their bed actually is reassuring for them because Mm -hmm. it's very comforting to a dog when they can say, okay, I understand. I mean, I'm I'm hardwired to have a leader. And if I have a leader, I can relax because all the heavy-duty stuff and decisions, that's up to my leader. I don't have to deal with it. I can just live the good life. Right. It can actually be very stressful. It's stressful for an animal, and they can act up in a million different ways out of the stress of not knowing where they stand. If they mm-hmm. feel that their animal, that their human, is not their good leader, and leader doesn't mean mean. It means kind of like how we raise children. If we're doing it right, we we are their leader in a kind way because mm-hmm. they need they need those those limitations and those rules so that they can relax. I know what's expected of me. I I know how to fit into the life here. And mm-hmm. if we don't if we don't reassure them by our actions that we are your leader and that's not in a mean way, it's just that there are there are certain rules and that will be set up that actually gives a great amount of peace and freedom to a dog because it's then it's like, well, the leader has to deal with all the responsibilities. I don't. I can just live the good life. My leader will take mm-hmm. care of me. I never even thought of that. Interesting. It's a very interesting concept. Huh. It can make okay. a big plus, difference. Really can yeah, make a big difference. Yeah, you start a new relationship, right? You get start a new relationship, and the dog has to start sleeping on the floor, maybe not be the best transition. So, yeah. Well, it, it's not like you're loving them any less. You know, right, it's, totally. it's, I, I believe our animals are equal to us in deserving, you know, the best that we can give them. But we, even though they are very similar to us in many ways, we have to not always anthropomorphize them, not always give them our human emotions. That doesn't make them less than us in any way, but it means that um, they have their ways of communication, whereas, say, you know, you decide one day that you're not going to sleep on the bed anymore, you're not being mean. You're, and, in fact, your your animal isn't going to to think, you're being so mean to me. Why are you being mean? They may go, oh, this is different from what I'm used to. So, right. you know, that, that sort of confuses me a little bit because now I'm not quite sure what you're expecting from me. But don't misinterpret that as you're now feeling guilty because you think your dog is mad, they're sulking, whatever. No, they're just trying to get in their mind what's expected of me now. And so if you, say, bring in a new bed for them and say, this is your place, you know, show them where it is, you know, put them on a down on it for a moment and say, that's really great. I love that you are here and this is your special place. Then once that sinks in, they're going to be so happy. They'll get it. Yeah. And once they know what's expected of them and what pleases you, they're going to be very happy. Mm-hmm. Awesome. 
for all you listeners who just tuned in, we're talking to Timothy Schultz. He's, she's the author of Natural Nutrition for Dogs and Cats, The Ultimate Diet. Phone lines are open. If you want to call and ask a question, it's 818-495-6919. And I want to ask a question from a Facebook fan. This is from A.L. Benwillos, and he said, I'm super excited for this show. Can you ask your guests about dental care in dogs and cats? If not feeding your pets a raw diet, uh, what might be the best food out there? We already answered that one. Also, is there anywhere a vet tech can get holistic training? <laughs> can you answer? So dental care and then uh, vet tech to get holistic training. Sure. Um, dental care, wow. Uh, there is such an easy easy method to take care of dental care. First, I have to say that, you know, dental care for, for dogs and cats is a brand new phenomenon. Mm. You you know, I don't know. I don't know if you're old enough to remember, but I am when that was just not even a topic on the face of the planet. There was <laughs> never any such thing as the idea of brushing your dog's or cat's teeth or having right. them cleaned. That did not used to exist, and now it's a whole specialty. Um, and, and I'm not surprised at all because with the, the bags and the cans of this, I don't really call it food because I don't think it is, but it's, it's, it's the products that they're eating. Um, you know, the teeth are a great sign to the health of your animal. And so having, you know, tartar and gunk on animals' teeth is showing you that, that, that that's not the healthiest your animal can be because having tartar and gunk on their teeth is not a sign of good health. It's not a normal thing. That's why before, you know, we got heavily into these products, we didn't need such things as cleaning teeth. I'll tell you about one student of mine, and I, I like to call my clients students because we're all learning all the time. And one student of mine, actually, um, she had an old German Shepherd mix, and she came to the raw diet because, frankly, she was afraid of putting her, and this was before there was any cleaning without being anesthetized, she was afraid to put her old, not that very healthy, dog under anesthesia in order to clean her teeth. And she had heard about this this newfangled idea, which is really an old idea, um, about feeding a raw diet and how it can be so good for the teeth. And that was her primary motivation to switch over to that. And she said it was absolutely remarkable, that it was like every day. And she said her te- her dog's teeth had like this hard green gunk. They were so bad. And um, she said it was like every day I could see that just being chipped away. It just finally all disappeared, and she had white teeth again, which I hadn't seen in years and years. And I love her side note was that, you know, I had just assumed that my dog's behavior at this point in her life as a senior dog was just because she was a senior, because she wasn't that outgoing anymore. She slept a lot. When company came over, she'd get behind the couch, and I just kind of chalked it up to, well, you know, she's an old dog, and I'm this is to be expected. And she said, oh, my gosh, I never realized that it was the state of health from the food I was feeding because now it's like she's regressed in age and she's happy and spunky and wants to be social. And she said, I never expected that as a side effect, but it's wonderful. It's because the animal was feeling better. So mm-hmm. the, the best I can say about dental care is look to diet first. It's it's It seems like magic, but it's actually quite logical. Um, mm-hmm. And then training, there are... There are a lot of courses out there these days. You have to be careful, of course, that it's not all about the money 
because there's a lot of courses that are all about getting your money. Um, I would say, honestly, the best source of information that you can get. This is my secret because, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like many other people do this in the field. But here's my secret to learning the most you can about your animal friends, um, and that is to study anatomy, study their physiology. I cannot tell you how much information you will glean from that, more than these courses of, you know, about, oh, feed your dog this or do this or do this. If you study, if you're into dogs, you know, cats, actually whatever species it is, if you really study the most you can about their anatomy, their physiology, their history, you will learn more than taking all those courses. Love it's it. the most brilliant. It's the most brilliant way to start. Very good. I'm all about educating yourself. Very good. Okay, cool. Here's another question. This is from Robin. Um, kind of ties into her last question. She said, "What can I use to clean my dog's teeth naturally? Is baking soda safe for dogs?" Well, I will say that she she probably wouldn't have a problem with the correct diet. On, honest to goodness, I'm not kidding mm-hmm. about that. So even if she say is feeding, um, you know, a, a more species appropriate diet. Because some people will come to me and say, you know, I, I've been following, you know, your your diet for a while now, and my dog can't get rid, I can't get rid of this ear infection, or or my dog still has dirty teeth. Then I would say you need to examine your habits of feeding that animal, even if it is whole foods, because you mm-hmm. could be feeding. I'll, I'll give you some secrets here that a lot of people don't know, and that is if we imbalance that. Um, acid alkalinity alkalinity um, balance if we get that out of balance you very often see problems with teeth and ears if we create an uh, an overly alkaline environment in the gut of our animals then we really see more of these issues come up if we create mm-hmm. the more natural balance of uh, our animal's digestive system where it should be by feeding more species-appropriate foods, which tend to make things a bit more acidic in the digestive system, then we don't see these problems. And I know that you know that you know the majority of your health comes from your gut and, and mm-hmm. how balanced your GI system is. And so, you know, that's that's where you start with nutrition. And if you want to kind of give it a spark plug, then I would recommend a good quality non-dairy yeast-free probiotic because the healthier you can make your dog or cat's digestive system, the healthier their teeth will be. Awesome. Very good. Okay, cool. Here's uh we got a caller on the switchboard here. I'm going to take this. So, this is caller from the 619. Thanks for calling Dr. Low Radio. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, my name is Taylor, and I'm calling from Encinitas. Hey, Taylor. Hi, Taylor. Hi, I was actually wondering, um, it kind of goes with, people do this with children too, but, you know, the whole vaccinate your pets and not vaccinate your pets, and what do you recommend? (laughs) Oh, you want to get into a really heavy subject, huh, Taylor? (laughs) (laughs) What I would say about that, and and I I give you so much credit, Taylor, that you are aware that this is an issue, because some yeah. people some people still aren't. But so kudos to you, my friend. Um, oh, thank you. The you know what I can say is that um, you know you and and encourage everybody you know to start looking at the latest information about this, because 
protocols from the most scientific minds that we have out there in immunology. You know, things uh, people like Dr. Gene Dodds and Dr. Ron Schultz, who are brilliant immunologists. They they are act and they are not holistic practitioners. They are allopathic mainstream mm-hmm. veterinary practitioners, and and they are coming up with all sorts of new information about totally revamping our ideas about vaccination. But Mm -hmm. unfortunately, a lot of your regular veterinarians are not into it. Um, Mm -hmm. Some are. I mean, some are, and those are the ones that you want to connect yourself with, um, but some aren't. And it could be that they just are not putting, you know, the time and effort into learning about it, and it can be going back to their training because their very own veterinary manual says the major reason for, you know, sending out those notices that says it's time for your pet's vaccinations, the main reason for annual vaccinations for animals is to get people to come in and spend money in your clinic. It says right. that in their manual. Um, so what we have to do as our animals advocates is even if our local veterinarian is not aware of the latest um, ideas and information about this, is you need to start looking into it. Um, Google Dr. Ron Schultz um, and you'll find lots of information about his latest recommendations. And I think we're going to see those even, that they're a big change. And I think we're going to continue to see big changes within the recommendations. You know, I never thought these changes that I'm seeing now would happen within my my lifetime because, frankly, if wow, we're yeah. dealing with pharmaceutical companies, we're up against the big boys. So, you know, trying to change anything in the pharmaceutical world, wow. You know, so I am so encouraged that we have seen a great amount of change just really in a fairly short amount of times for human brains. <laughs> and so um, get in the know. Get in the know. Um, get on, you know, get on the Internet and Google people um, like Dr. Ron Schultz and see what his latest protocols are. And I, you know, I can't tell you whether to vaccinate your animal or not. I will say that um, you should avoid my – all I can say is what I would do and what many people are doing now by all means, I would always avoid, like the plague, the what we call the combo wombos, the many, 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 many different diseases all in one vaccination. That's just crazy. That's insane. Um, and you know, so what? What they're recommending now is actually, if if you're going to vaccinate, because this is a question now, and it's not an unreasonable question for people to ask themselves whether they should be vaccinating or not. And I'm not talking about rabies, which is required by raw by by law. There's actually a huge movement now. It's called the Rabies Challenge Fund, because the only reason that rabies are given once or or three times a year, depending on which state you live in, that's that's a legal thing. It's not necessarily done for our animals' well-being. It's a legal thing. Mm-hmm. And so okay. there is an organ there's an organization called the Rabies Challenge Fund that is doing a long-term scientific study on exactly what sort of immunity and how long a rabies vaccine actually gives, you know, how long does it last? Because of course, no surprise, we're we're finding that it can be the lifetime of the animal. Mm-hmm. And that it is one of the most harmful vaccines there is, side effect wise. And so I I really, you know, I'm very happy that we have this organization out there that is looking out for our animals' interest in studying this. 
Um, but things have really changed. I hope they keep going for that, and I really encourage you to investigate the latest protocols in vaccines because vaccinations are one of the biggest health problems to our pets. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for that information. You're you're welcome. I'm, I'm so glad you're thinking that way. Go you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Take care. Thanks, you too. Taylor. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, Timothy, do you vaccinate your dogs for anything or your cats? Um, only what's according to law. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So interesting. The uh, thing about it is, the thing about it is, is uh, you know, vaccines are a really wacko way of thinking of what's a totally different subject, and that's immunization. Mm-hmm. Vaccine does not necessarily equal immunization. Um, right. It doesn't necessarily protect your animal. Um, in fact, when I was a vet tech a million years ago. The animals that came in most often with things like parvo and distemper were vaccinated animals. Mm-hmm. So vaccinations do not necessarily 100% guarantee that your animal is going to be immune from this illness. Um, it's a lot more complicated than that. I think that vaccines might have started out with the the right idea long, long ago, um, but they've gotten so over the top now. There are so many other things within that vial um, very toxic substances in that vial, not just the disease, but all the other stuff that's in there that can really wreak havoc for the rest of your animal's life. And we find that it can be generational also. It affects the DNA in a fact that even if you were to take, say, a puppy or a kitten that has not been vaccinated, but their parents were, you can still have signs of vaccinosis in that young animal because it's been passed through the generations. That's how deep vaccinations go. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm thrilled that your listeners are savvy to you know wanting to find out more about that um, because I think that that makes a huge difference in your animal's health. Just, just you know, like we're doing today, inform yourself. You have to be your animal's advocate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And any, any of you listeners interested in this topic of vaccination, check out a, a previous show I did with Dr. Sherry Tenpenny all about vaccines. So just look through the archives. Um, you can go to drlaurennoel.com or on the iTunes, the podcast directory, and you can find that. It was a great show. Uh, Kimothy, what about... When you're bathing your dog or cat, well, I don't know, I don't think cats are like to be bathed, but Dinah, <laughs> she needs to be, you know, groomed about once a month or so. And sometimes I take her home from the groomers and she's just really itchy. I don't think she likes what they give her, what they use on her there. So what are your recommendations Sounds for that? like it. Well, just, and nowadays we're lucky because it's easy that you, you know, you can go into one of these natural health food stores for animals and find shampoos that are much more natural than than are out there. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't walk into the local pet store and just grab something off a shelf, which may be something like your, your groomer is using. Um, so look for things that have, you know, you and I know um, you want really ingredients in there that you know what they are. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's all sorts of ingredients that you can't pronounce and, you know, seem to be like petroleum-based and all these yeah. other things, you know, sodium lauryl sulfate and, and all of these things, avoid those because now we are fortunate enough to have good shampoos out there that don't have any of these extra ingredients in them. And so you can find, and, and I'm big on that too, I won't use these other ingredients on my animal friends, so I look for shampoos that have very basic ingredients and I know what those ingredients are. They aren't bizarro things that I don't know what they are. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and what about for your dogs or cats that are having a really great diet already but still kind of have bad breath? That was a friend of mine asked me that for her dog. <laughs> I would I would examine the diet again because yeah. bad breath very often it stems from the gut. Yeah. And so if your animal's gut is not as healthy as it should be, then put your focus there. Mhm. Work on some probiotics, right? Some gut flora. First 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 food and then and then probiotics. Always okay. go to food first. And don't don't stick to your guns if you say, but I'm feeding a really healthy diet. Try to right, open your right. mind. And, and, you know, we get we get so invested, um, and especially if we've had to, you know, if we are thinking outside the box, then we've really put extra effort into this. But mm-hmm. I encourage people to stay open-minded, even if what they've been doing seems to have been working for so long. But if you notice something cropping up in your pet pal, then it's okay. You don't have to be defensive about what you've been doing. Open your mind to think, what could I change? What could I tweak? Mm-hmm. What might yep. be better? And and try it. And mm-hmm. and um, you know if if just dealing with the foods and tweaking those around doesn't do it, um, then sure add a, a good quality and that's important. Good quality and I recommend because it's not natural to dogs and cats. Non dairy. Dairy's not a natural substance for them. And no yeast. And the best quality that you can get, probiotic, to try to put that gut flora back in balance. And that will help a lot with that breath. Love it. Do you have time for one more caller, Timothy? How about one more? Because my dogs are looking at me, you know, like, <laughs> Mom, it's past dinner time. You're They're abusing like, Mom, us. It's not fast day. This is not fast day. Let's do this. That's right. Okay, cool. No, it's not. One more caller. So this is a caller from the 646. Thanks for calling Dr. Low Radio. What's your name and where are you calling from? Caller from the 646, are you there? Caller, 646? Hi, are you there? you have a question? Hmm, I think their phone is uh, kind of breaking up. Okay, that's all right. All right, so any any last little tidbits, Timothy, that you'd like to leave with us before we let you go? Well, I want to really thank you, and I want to thank your listeners. I have, you know, no matter what you choose to end up feeding your animals, I have so much respect for you guys for wanting to learn more for your animal friends. I don't take that for granted because not everybody is willing to do that. Um, So I I want to encourage your listeners to keep their minds open and keep learning all that you can. And I'm, I'm not kidding when I say your best teacher is your animal. So study study the, the basic biology of your animal friend, and it will teach you more than anybody else can teach you. As we know, and we've said before, even today, our animals are our greatest teachers. So listen right. to them, learn about them, and I really want to thank you and your listeners for caring so much about animals. Absolutely. This is how we Where change can the world. Learn more about you. Where can they buy your This book? is how we change the world about, about everything, my friends. <laughs> yep. Start with your your little pups. That's right. It's a ripple effect. Absolutely. So, Timothy.com, is that probably the best place for people to learn about you and get your book? Absolutely. And, yes, my mother has a very creative imagination. My my name is K-Y-M-Y-T-H-Y.com. <laughs> she loves those Ys. Yeah, she believes in that real Y is sometimes a vowel. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and and by the way, on there, along with having um, nutritional books for dogs and cats, I do have a very simple, yummy uh, cookbook for humans. Because at the end yeah. of my seminars, people would always say, "Gosh, I should eat as well as my animals with this information you've given me." And I said, "Yes, 
you should eat as well. You know, I always follow Mama Wolf's advice. Everybody should. Mama Wolf says, if I don't take care of myself, I can't take care of anyone else. Amen. Timothy, so it's take great care of yourself. Being on the show, of course. Thank well, always. you. Have a great night. Thank you. You too, and thank you to your listeners. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye-bye. All right, guys, that's our show on Natural Nutrition for Dogs and Cats. Check out Kimothy.com. Next week's show, I'm going to be interviewing Jimmy Moore from Live and Levita Low Carb. We're going to be talking about his amazing weight loss journey, and he's going to be revealing his newest updates on how he's doing with his weight loss and pretty, pretty amazing stuff. So check out next week's show. That'll be on Tuesday. And then the following Tuesday, I'll be interviewing JJ Virgin. She is the author of Six Weeks to Sleepless and Sexy. It will be a great show. Thanks so much for the listen. Check me out, drlaurennoel.com. I see patients at Bloom Natural Health. That's in Encinitas, bloomnaturalhealth.com. See you guys next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Get ready for hard work, for high expectations, for high fives, for you've got this, for I did it. For you're hired. You've got it in you. Now let us bring it out of you. If you're as serious about your success as we are, bring it. Visit rmu.edu today. Robert Morris University. Get ready. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.